Welcome in at first SV pod of 2021. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 30 for 30 podcast presents March 11th, 2020, a standalone audio documentary that tells the story of the day the NBA shut down and the pandemic became real for many Americans, as told by those who lived the events of that day and built entirely with archival and exclusive interviews, including Rudy Gobert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, March 11th, 2020, will tell the story of a day that started in one reality and ended in a new one. 30 for 30 podcast presents March 11th, 2020. Subscribe to 30 for 30 podcasts and SV pod wherever you get your podcasts. Steve, I'm in that quite a bit because what happened that night on our air on a night where we were doing an NBA doubleheader. Um, I mean, we, we were, we were in the middle of the story as it happened and, I'm just sort of thinking out loud throughout. I mean, obviously they edit it down because I ramble too much, but uh, that is one of those nights that as long as I live, I'll remember driving home after we did that show, which wasn't scheduled. We were supposed to follow the Pelicans and the Kings and they didn't play. And I just remember driving home and thinking, that's it. What do you remember about that night? I was, I never made it up to the studio. Remember we were doing updates and I was in the control room and then all of a sudden we're on the air doing an uh, extended version of Sports Center with no games. And I was supposed to fly to Vegas at 6 a.m. I had my bags packed. I was driving to New York after the show and literally had to cancel my flights on my drive home that night. Um, crazy. I had friends that flew out a day early that were already out there that were texting me, you know, the next day just about like, it's glad you didn't come, like, because nothing's open. Everything's shut down. Uh, you know, that's when you saw the dark um, Las Vegas Strip with no lights on. Like, it's – it's. I can't believe – like, we are real close to a year, man. It's, it's crazy. It is that. And, <laughs> and there's so many uh, things about that night that are rem- remarkable. Excuse me. But the fact that – a French dude who played for the Utah Jazz getting it is what changed the entire direction of how we as a nation were reacting to this is, is mind-boggling. But that's what happened. Rudy Gobert got it, and that was it. That was it. The Big Everything. East played one first half the next morning. <laughs> I, I beg your pardon. Shout out to Creighton and St. John's. Remember that Friday morning? Everyone's just like, what are, what, what are they are doing? <laughs> and, and, and like degenerates were like firing on the first half because it's like, this might be it, man. This might be the last thing we got to fire on. And they did. And like St. John's, I, I remember they played well. And then all of a sudden, they're like, I guess collectively, they look around and like, well, this doesn't make any sense. So they stopped. But driving home that night was – um, was just so strange because it was this this knowledge that it's like everything everything's done. Mm. And, and I, I remember out of all of that night talking to people on the air where we didn't have a script and we didn't have any idea who was next or what was next or any of that. Yeah, because the NCAA tournament was still in like – that was our last hope. It wasn't canceled yet because we were still in conference tournaments. Sean Farnham told me that night. He said, yeah. I think we saw our last game. And I'm like, I remember saying on the air, I think you're right, but I just didn't want to believe him. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. And you're just hoping. And then if you remember that weekend, it was talk that the NCAA might put out a bracket just 
of what it would have been like that would have been that's that, that would have been like taking pictures of what you were going to get your kids for christmas and saying hey here's the here's the barbie dream house that we were going to get you we didn't but that's what it looks like that would have been worse but of the whole night steve the thing i'll never forget was talking to royce young the utah jazz are in a locker room in okc and i remember saying asking him who in oklahoma city do you call on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock at night to have them come and test a team to let them know what to do next. I mean, there was no sense of who was qualified to do that, what the answers would mean once they had them, right? I mean, it just, and I remember saying to Royce, like, I don't expect you to know, but I'm just asking kind of out loud, like who, who's the person that's qualified to determine what to, to do next? Because in March, you know, we didn't have any idea uh, about what it even meant to test positive. I mean, you're thinking, oh, God, does that mean Rudy Gobert is going to die? And I remember also that night saying on the air, the fact that he felt well enough to play seems mm -hmm. like a pretty decent indicator or that must be a good sign, right? He wasn't incapacitated. He was like, no, he wanted to play, but they wouldn't let him. And then it turned out Donovan Mitchell tests positive. And then I reached out to Donovan Mitchell. and He's like, I, I feel fine. He never had a symptom, which going back to what I told you all earlier, other than the fact that I can't smell or taste, I never did either. Um, but in March 11th, I mean, we were sitting in a very different place where it felt really scary. And, um, and as you say, well, Steve, you know, here we are nearly a year later. And I guess nothing spells out how much different it is than the fact that the Browns are in the playoffs and their coach has it. And they're just like, eh, kick him out of the way and let's play ball. Good luck to all the teachers out there. And to the parents who are in the struggle, especially those with really young kids sitting in front of a, an iPad. That's I, I think parents that have kids, when they finally go back to school, should just all have house parties during the day and just get reckless. That's what Extra. I've been doing this whole year. <laughs> you don't have kids. Extra lit. Kids come home from school. Why are mommy and daddy hammered? Because it's been a long year, kids. It's been a long year. Long year. I'm just going to start recording whilst my man Stanford Steve is trying to figure out if he's logged in to his child's first grade math class. This is SV Pod, or maybe it's uh, Mrs. Johnson's first grade math at Our Lady of the Blessed Holy Redeemer of something, wherever your kids go to school. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, we're, we're, what we're is it? We just, we just got it? done. What? School? Is it? Are you in a math class or are you, are you, where are we? Music. We're good? Yeah. 130 oh, good. specials. It's, I want to just start with this thought to everyone right now whose children are virtually learning. We've been lucky here. Our kids have been sort of in, sort of kind of, kind of going a little, not all the time. I have a three-year-old. Okay. And I was in charge of him and he did not participate in the class and he started chucking his little blocks everywhere and then he just got up and left and wanted to play with his brother and i'm like and and wifey was going to do a quick bounce class because she needs a, a mental break stay and then she's she then she comes out and like wh why are they running around i'm like i don't know why they're running because he's three he's running around because he's three and you can't expect a three-year-old to sit in front of a computer and do anything and so I just want to say to anybody out there who's in the struggle, I'm praying for you because it's so terrible. There aren't words for it. Looking ahead and being positive, because that's what we're going to do on this podcast. 2021. Here we go. Hell yeah. Think about the anxiety teachers have knowing what is coming back to their classrooms. Like aged animals are going to be let out. 20 Tasmanian devils, 30, 10, whatever the number is, it's all Tasmanian devils when they get back in there, bouncing off walls. Yep. And and I mean, look, I, I'm with you. 2020, we all know it, it, the challenges, yada, yada. I had a positive test at the end of the year. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, but But let's hope, let's be positive. I'm all for that. But let me tell you something. This morning... When we when Charlie tapped out 
positivity, hard to find in the basement at Van Pelt House. <laughs> really hard to find. It's a struggle. Okay. Uh. <sighs> Deep breath. Let that go. Cleansing breath. Hey, Giant fans. Enough. Enough. You're six and ten. You won six games. Coach Judge is talking about like the sanctity of with it. The integrity. How about don't blow a double-digit lead at the link when you could have beat them and then you don't need them to help you? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't get over. I have a bunch of giant fans that are in this text thread. And it's just, it's great because it's just, it's it's a couple of Washington fans. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's really it's a lot of fun. And you're in it now. It's a couple of, it's a couple of Philadelphia Eggle fans and it's a couple of giant fans. And the giant fans have the audacity to be outraged at what happened. And I'm like, hey man, ho- hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys survived the end of that Benny Hill show against Dallas. I mean, it is full on. I mean, Dalton's throwing it to the Cowboys. Gallman's fumbling it. And like, you guys are six and 10. And you're acting like the playoffs are some birthright because Philadelphia brought in Sudfeld, which interestingly, Chris Long, you go on his podcast every week. Yep. Chris's point is, hey, man, you guys think that that's a Peterson call? Like, you think that's his call? Because all of this talk about Philadelphia Eagles were wanted to go after their coach, and people are outraged, and Sal Powell was just – he was ready to go. Sal's still texting me. Unfortunately, we didn't have we didn't have enough bandwidth to let him really air it out, which was a shame because it was a tight Sunday night show. But like, listen, and let me just pause for a second. I get people freaking out. But all I want to know is this, like when it comes to tanking and I say the same thing about the Jets against the Raiders earlier this year. Yep, You did. It's a great point. If they wanted to, to tank when they come on a zero blitz and car hits uh, rugs deep in that game in the Meadowlands, you know what it would have been a more effective way to tank? Just start out sucking. Don't compete the whole game. Don't fight for 59 minutes and 45 seconds. Like, you, you leave yourself no wiggle room in that equation to tank. Just start off throwing the game since everyone – I shouldn't say everyone. A bunch of dopes out there convinced everything's fixed. You know how hard it would be to pull that off? But anyway. Come on and put Kelsey in the Wildcat. There you go. There. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Opening series for Philadelphia. Al and Chris settling in on NBC Football Night in America. Holy shit. Kelsey's running the, running the Wildcat. What are we doing? Now they're, oh, they're, they're, they're doing drop kicks. We're doing drop kicks and pooch punts and running. But because they had a lead in that game. Now, the other part about this that I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, is that whether it was long or whether it's Chris Cooley, who goes on my boy Kevin Sheehan's podcast and show here in Washington. Everybody that knows Sudfield, Sudfield said he's the greatest dude. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude who you'd like. He gets the joke. He's a, you know, he's just, he's a guy you like. And now he becomes this like face of tanking and he stinks and everyone is mad at him. And I, I feel for him, but the whole thing, like, Pittsburgh sat Roethlisberger, okay? Uh, And and I get that they have a playoff game, and that's why they did it. But it really would have helped Miami if Pittsburgh won because Miami would have gotten in, even though they lost by a ton. Like, the Bears got in because Arizona lost. So, like, this happens a lot. It's just – it was – for it to be the last game and for it to happen the way it did was undeniably – a moment where you're like, whoa. I mean, we're watching it together, and I'm like, wow, this is something, man. <laughs> and and Walt, look, Washington, in the same way the Giants-Cowboys game was a debacle at the end, Washington kept trying to hand it back to Philadelphia. Yeah. So, so you know, I get Giant fans being bummed, but if it was a tank, Kelsey would have been the Wildcat from the start. <laughs> and just to take it back to the Giants, don't be 6-10. and 10. Yeah, seriously. Sur- survive that ridiculous game with Dallas and then sit back and act like you're the Parcells Lawrence Taylor Giants and the and the playoffs are a birthright. Settle down. Speaking of, I need a second here. The Giants uniforms suck. 
They need to go back. Speaking of Lawrence Taylor, go back to those uniforms. I don't know what the hell they go out in every. It looks like like the knockoff uniforms. You know, like like Nike's making uniforms. It's it's like East Bay's making uniforms now. There's nothing shiny like the gray pants. Where the hell did those come from? Then they wear those other gray pants, but they're not gray. They're like silver, but you can't tell. But they're not as dirty looking as the Rams bone shout, one. Like shout out, shout out to East Bay. Yeah, re- redo everything, uh, Giants, because your uniforms suck. You know they do, too. Okay, so and right. review, Steve doesn't care about the playoff talk or whatever else. He just would like you to tighten your gear up. And I got and- plenty of thoughts on the playoffs. I don't know why you had to do East Bay dirty like that. If you didn't love that magazine as a kid, I don't know what you were reading. I did, but not for an NFL uniform. We have Nike and Under Armour and everybody make it. The league has a deal with Nike. Nike, step it up. It's not East Bay's fault. You kind of crushed East Bay a little bit. I mean, I was kind of off the top rope with a cannonball. I love East Bay. That's not the, that was not the sorry East Bay. Wasn't the message I was getting. Send me a mag. I'll buy something. Wait. All right. Kind of, kind of tapped out there. How you doing? You got taste yet? No. Let's just talk about this first. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Uh, A couple of weeks, couple of weeks ago, pre Christmas, um, all of a sudden I couldn't taste. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go get a test. Because I had a little bit of an achy, achy for no reason. Like, eh, like, I didn't feel terrible. I didn't have a fever. But all of a sudden, I couldn't taste. Went and got a test. Positive. Oh, wow. That was not what we were looking for pre-Christmas. No. So I left the house. Family all tested negative. But I left. Because there was no way I was going to, like, my, my kids come in. My little guy wants to, wants to sleep next to me at night, and he wants to hang out. I can't hang out with you, buddy. I don't want to get you sick. Mm-hmm. So I left. I quarantined, did my time, ne- never got a fever, never had any symptom, no cough, no nothing, except the smell-taste bit. And so quarantined for the, for the uh, amount of time you're supposed to. I was gone for a couple, 10 days. And then my buddy, my doctor, says to me, look, don't test if you are wanted a negative because the test doesn't distinguish between like whether the virus is sort of alive in you or whether there's remnants of it, like particles of it having been in you, like the footprint of it, so to speak. He said, you, you might test positive for a while, even though you're not a threat to, to you know, give it to anybody. But I was hell-bent on getting a test. So I come back from, I come back from going down to the beach isolation style and came back and tested on the 23rd of December and Christmas Eve night wifey had rolled her ankle at one of these trampoline places with the kids. It's pouring rain. I drive to CVS CVS in the pouring rain at like nine o'clock on Christmas Eve. Let's just say there's not a whole lot of cheer in the air. And I come out with some crutches for my bride, who's a superhero, so that she can get around. And I get the text that says, not detected. And I was like, like it was like the scene in Did you trading, just look? Go ahead. It's like trading places where Winthorpe's in the Santa suit, and he's hammered, and it's pouring rain. He bites the fish and, like, has the gun. And, like, you're, you're at your wit's end. But I got, I got, like, a reprieve. It was a Christmas miracle. We had tested negative. And like I said, I was really, really lucky to never have any of the bad symptoms, never had a fever, um, which, according to my doctor friend, is one of the main indicators that, A, you're contagious, and B, you know, you really need to worry about this. Lucky, thankful, all of that. But still sitting here now, many weeks later, the smell-taste issue is a problem. And um, you and I both enjoy our food. Yeah. Not being able to taste is a tough one, man. Because you remember what it's supposed to taste like. And every now and then I'll get like a little bit of an idea of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I kind of like that chip kind of kind of salty. Nope, it's gone. And it's, uh, you know, it's not great. Not fun. Mm. Not fun. Thankfully, you weren't positive. That was my I'm like, oh, my God, I gave Steve the Rona. Now his kids, everybody like thankfully no one there at work. So it's just one of those odd things. And here's what people do if you test positive. And, and, and this isn't a knock on my friends or my family, but they go, where'd you get it? How the f- do I know where I got it? 
That's like saying to somebody, where I lost my keys. Where'd you lose them? If I knew where I lost them, I wouldn't have lost them. And if I knew where I got it, I would have run as as fast as Jimbo Fisher ran away from the Gatorade dump and the and the and the Orange Bowl, and I would have not gotten it. So I have no idea what happened. I wear masks. I you know don't go out. I don't do stuff. I have no idea what happened. But like a lot of people who are baffled and don't know how or why, that's I don't know how or why. Uh, but again, the headline here: thankful it wasn't bad. Tried my best to not put anybody that I care about, you, our show staff, my family, most of all, at risk. And now we're on the other side of it, just waiting for the nose to come back on. What do you miss smelling? I don't miss smelling anything. I miss tasting everything. Yeah. Have you tried, like, really spicy things just to see? Rockhold, I did the Jamaican burn an orange on the over an open flame and take the orange, mix it with brown sugar, and eat it? Nope. I got aromatherapy. I got cloves. Smell the clove. I can smell that it's a clove. I can tell that it's eucalyptus. And I'm like, oh, there we go. But you know what you don't eat a lot of? Eucalyptus clove sandwiches. So the fact that I can smell those little oil bottles does not help me when it comes to sitting down and and whipping up a, a sandwich or some kind of a dinner dish. So... The smelling isn't the issue. It's just uh, not being able to taste. But again, I, I mean, you read these stories like, oh, yeah, it's six months. I'm like, I don't know. I can't do that. Six months is good. That's going to be a tough one. So hopefully it'll nose wakes back up here soon. Who wants to talk about some football? Me. Indianapolis, Buffalo, L.A., Seattle. That was a bad week 16 game. Tampa Bay, Washington. Ravens, Titans, running back last year's upset for the Titans on the road. Chicago, New Orleans, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, running back a week 17 game. If it happens, speaking of coronavirus, mm-hmm. Stefanski now positive. Uh, got problems there with the Browns, man. They got a challenge uh, to get this thing. I don't know. Seems like the, the NFL's figured out how to, how to play games. Like they figured it out. Like they didn't have four wide receivers against the Jets. Sorry. Um, they're not going to have their head coach. Apparently Alex Van Pelt, shout to my brother, will be yeah. calling plays. Um, like they're going to, NFL is going to go on if they can, but I mean, it just, he had two more tests on this Tuesday. So that's a tough, that's a tough spot for the Browns. But I mean, I don't know. It's sort of in keeping with their franchise, right? You finally get there after, but basically almost 20 years. And this is what, this is what you're up against. But the, the, the thing about this weekend that people somehow manage to forget every year, Steve, is that road teams that you don't think are going to win are going to win. Three years ago, the Titans beat the Chiefs on the road. The Falcons beat the Rams on the road. Two years ago, the Colts beat the Texans. The Chargers beat the Ravens. That was Lamar Jackson's first playoff game. Remember, he was just hideous. Kind of got fake close late. Philly beat Chicago on the double doink from Parkey. Dallas barely won against Seattle. Last year, three road wins. Houston in overtime, a big comeback over Buffalo. But the Titans beat New England. The Vikings beat New Orleans. And Seattle beat Philadelphia. So what I'm saying to you this year with an added round of two games apiece is that somebody, Indy at Buffalo, L.A. at Seattle, Ravens at Titans, although they're favored, Chicago at New Orleans, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, someone is winning on the road who no one thinks right now will win. Fact. Fact. No doubt about it. And also, there's going to be a blowout. Who's the blowout? That's the hardest thing to always predict for me. You think you know it. Like, obviously, Saints look like it is, but you never know. You never know. No, and and it's. I just was going back through this to reacquaint myself with the things that uh, – that happen um, because you, 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 you forget like, and I, I say you, you don't just stand for Steve's memory as a sports fan is insane, insane. But I, I don't, I, I mean, I remember, I remember this morning when my guy Charlie didn't want to be a part of his zoom call, but I, I forget last year's wild card. And then I sit down and open it up and you're like, oh yeah, man, the Vikings went down there and won an overtime that, and like, 
there's because there's there are there are storylines and and the weight of the past. Like New Orleans last year, there's just there's this weight of knowing what you dealt with the year before with a call against the Rams. And the longer that game with the Vikings went on and, and Cousins arrives never having one in a big spot and all of that baggage he's dragging with him. It's just, there are just, these games have so much more to them. Like, I'm, of, of all the games, I'll tell you the one I'm most interested in, and it's Ravens-Titans, because last year the Titans went on the road, beat New England, went on the road, beat Baltimore, went on the road, and had a big-time lead against Kansas City. But as we know, against the Chiefs, it just doesn't matter. They push that button, and then, oh, now we, we erase 21-point deficits in, in five minutes of game time. Mm-hmm. But I'm really curious about a Ravens team and Lamar Jackson, who, after they came back and beat Cleveland, dominated the, the, the end of their schedule. I said to, to Tim Hasback the other night, like, schedule's easy, but you got to make it easy right? Mm-hmm. You got to beat these teams. You're supposed to beat easy. The Jaguars, the giants and the Bengals. They did. They didn't mess around. They kicked their ass. They ran it down people's throats. Well, that's what the Titans like to do. And so like cousins was dragging all that baggage last year. Lamar Jackson hasn't been playing long enough to have baggage per se, but he's had two playoff games and he hasn't been great in either one of them. And so he's in a place right now where you get a chance, right? Go on the road as a favorite if you can run it, if you can be who you are, play to your identity, that could be a big time win for them. But this is the Titans time of year. Like you and I, are, like we're friendly with Vrabel. We just like him as a guy. And I just, I like that team. They don't, they don't care. They're not scared of anybody, anybody. So that game to me is the most interesting because of what the playoffs tend to have. Those extra layers of storylines that kind of get, ignored until you pay attention and just go oh yeah there is a little bit there is a little bit more juice to this and then, you know, like Seahawks Rams Browns uh Steelers you got divisional games which I don't know if it takes away some of the intrigue you know like how do you feel about that I, I can't I don't like it I, I I mean I love the idea of having three games on a weekend Saturday and Sunday but if this thing's just going to give me more division divisional games I don't I don't really want that these teams don't want to play each other again like, look, at, you mentioned Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't have their coach. They make the playoffs. All right. Our coach got corona, and we got to play the freaking Steelers. I'm tired of them. They made it like three times in, in 2000. What is it? Three times in 25 years, and they played. This is the third time they're playing the Steelers. Like, um, you know, but I got, I mean, more people in. I, I still think I'm a guy that the regular season should mean more, which means less people get into the playoffs with the right to win the title. Uh, speaking of Giants, those two titles they won. Like that one year, they just, I mean, when they beat Aaron Rodgers, um, it just. Didn't they, wasn't it, what? They were like they nine beat, and seven, weren't they? Yeah. I mean. What about I, they beat, what about they beat Favre? Like the first one. Yeah. They beat, like it was freezing cold. They, they, they went on some marches, man, all on the road mm-hmm. and beat New England a couple of times when they were, you know, dogs in both circumstances. So. Yeah. I, listen, I guess. That's why, oh, that's my favorite one, the Giants. Giants fans wanted another piece because Brady can't beat the Giants in postseason. That's who he had to play. Uh, actually, that Monday night game was pretty good, too. Yeah. Remember? Had that mm-hmm. call and they picked the flag up? Yep. That was Monday night. It was, um, that was a good one. Yeah, I, I agree what, with you, what, too. What, 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 what game are you most interested Baltimore, in? Baltimore, Tennessee. I can't believe ESPN got that game. That's easily the best game of the weekend, right? We were playing the game of what game are we going to get. <laughs> And with, due, with all respect to our dear friends with the Houston Texans, we were convinced that the, that the league was going to give us the Texans and the Bengals. Just, it's not actually a playoff game, but that's what you get. We're going to just have them play again on ESPN at uh, 3 in the morning. No, we got a great one. We got a great one. I, Indy Buffalo, I think, is – Frank Reich said nobody thinks we can win. And a lot of times coaches say that, and it's just coach speak. Like the cool, the, the most interesting thing about Ohio State against Clemson is they got to play a chip they never get. Mm-hmm. Like the Buckeyes, they're, they're never underdogs. But when they are, they're eight and one on the field. Yeah. The, the only that? loss was that game against Clemson last year in the playoff. So when you can actually say to your group, you know, Frank Wright can say this to the Colts, you know, boys, uh, no one thinks we're winning. And Buffalo, you talk about baggage and their history. I mean, Josh Allen doesn't deal with any of the stuff that, that goes back to the Kelly years and all of that. 
But it's been a long time for that franchise, too. And look at what they became, man. Like, they win the AFC East. They beat the crap out of the Patriots. He starts against Miami. And, Steve, you made this great point. Like, didn't the Dolphins go off fa- as favorites? Why? Yes, they did. Why? I, I don't understand that one because the info was out there. Josh Allen went out on the field for his normal pregame routine like he was going to play. You That's are like, looking live. Yeah. I mean, he's out there in his wool hat slinging it around. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. When you look at these playoffs, and yeah. you mentioned them, the, the Saints, last year the Vikings, the year before the Rams call. You know what the year before was? What? How they lost? Who? Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. Like, that's their three playoff losses the last three years. And I got news for you. This is it. This is your last chance, man. Your last dance, whatever you want to call it. Because that roster, that cap, I know Breeze. I don't know why people are surprised. We knew this was Breeze's last year. Yeah, people Um, thought he might go to NBC last year. Like, he's got that cushy chair waiting for him, and he'll be great at it when he goes. But they, like, and that's why I keep looking at Green Bay. Like, they got home field. Like, all the pressure is on New Orleans, I feel like. Like, they know this is it, man. You can see it. Um, You know, know, Peyton wears his feelings on his sleeve. Is that the right saying? I think it is. Like, they are going to be – and you mentioned it. It just kept mounting last year and mounting and mounting. And you could just see it. And I just can't get out of my head how Breeze has looked this year. And I just I, I don't feel confident in New Orleans. And I love Kamara. And I they're getting Michael Thomas back, who's going to be back. And their defense has been phenomenal. They did exactly what they did last year when they lost Breeze. Taysom Hill comes in and just wins games. And, um, you know, you factor him into the offense, which I think is is too much. But they are – there is a big bullseye on them. Um, and, they, you know, they went to Chicago earlier this year. Uh, field goal game, but they that that's the team I have circled because this is it for them. It is. And and again, the the I think that the the weight of your past, it's hard to drag it around, which is why teams like Buffalo, you know, and, and Allen, like like last year was kind of it was new territory for them. They had mm-hmm. a big lead, they weren't able to get things done. I, I you know, he was out there pitching it around. It's like, hey, oh. man, hey, man, we're going to need to rein that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there, there have been moments this year when he still plays hero ball, won't give up on a play. But he's been he's been exceptional in the last two months of the year. He and Diggs together have been fantastic. And look, they're a Hail Mary away from like, a, what is it, an eight game, eight, nine, win, nine game winning streak, yeah. whatever it is. And I've said this on SportsCenter a bunch. They have been what we want Kansas City to be. They're the team that beats the out of people week after week. Like Kansas City, I get it, guys. You keep winning and you're prohibitive favorites because Vegas doesn't want any money on you because you have a gear nobody else has. But the more you mess around and the more you let people hang around, the more you open the door to get got. Buffalo's just smashing people. And that does give Frank Reich that chip I was talking about, Steve, Mm -hmm. where you truly can say to your group of men, look, people don't think we can win. But Indianapolis has the recipe. They got a defense. Mm -hmm. Taylor. O-line. O-line. Well, they've they've got an excellent offensive line. They got a rookie in Taylor who has been what a lot of people thought in August he might be. There were times that it looked like, I don't know. Well, he's that guy. Um, They they have the recipe to to go – take all of what Buffalo has done in the last two months and make it, make it meaningless. But I don't think that a guy like Allen um, or, or Jackson guys that are at the beginning carry with them nearly the burden of new Orleans and breeze. That's why I agree with you that they do wear a bullseye understanding Mm -hmm. that this is the end of a hall of fame run and green Bay, green Bay is just sitting out there. I said this the other night in sports center, you know, Biggest point differential. They score the most points. They played that game in a pretty pretty fierce snowstorm against the Titans. And I get that the Titans' defense isn't awesome. I'm not acting like it is. But Green Bay was Green Bay in the snow. Rodgers and Devontae had like three touchdown passes. Rodgers had four in that game. They can be who they are in the snow, and you probably can't. Mm-hmm. So I buy them as the favorite. The Chiefs are, are legitimately – I hate – like fascinating is an overused word, but like they're that. Because they're a massive favorite in the eyes of Vegas because Vegas doesn't want any money on the Chiefs. But the way they play, 
Like, did you watch that Atlanta game two weeks ago? Yeah, the whole thing. Me too. I was playing against uh, Le'Veon Bell. I was really worried. And then I wasn't. You guys want a title, so did we? Fantasy no football? No More fantasy deal. talk at the back end of this. No big deal. But um, they just, they've had so many games, Steve, against a, a marginal but competitive Falcon team where, is it supposed to be that close? I mean, I don't know. Bored? Like, okay, bored. You're bored. Uh, all right. It's a little early to be bored. Like, mm-hmm. Or, you know, you guys got one, okay? Maybe wait a while till you get bored. Yeah. Just play to your ceiling more. That That's the one thing about them that, that, that invites concern. So, I don't know, man. NFL playoffs, you can't ask for a whole lot more. I'm with you. It'd be more fun to see the Rams not have to play the Seahawks, see the Browns not have to play the Steelers. But, I don't know. It's we got we got one, two, three games on on Saturday and Sunday. Washington has a home game against Tom Brady. I mean, that's a young team that I mean, if, if ever there's a case of house money, like you mm. can just just look, Brady's been rolling, he's the goat. We get it. Got this young defense. All right, let's let's see what we got. I mean, I don't see how they win a game, but again, if it's close, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a shock because those those games are often far far more snug than you think they will be. Yeah, I mean, everybody's throwing out the Brady numbers in primetime this year. Hasn't been pretty. Uh, I think it's 0-4 ATS. Uh, but you look at what bothers him, and that's 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 being able to get pressure with minimal guys. And if there's one thing Washington can do is that, because that War Daddy 99 is as good as advertised. Uh, I can't believe the way he has rallied um, – the, the, this team and the way they've responded to him like he is the face like he's walked in the door and become the face like you're, you're you see the commercial we're watching local mercedes commercials around here i mean social media you just look every single person i i watch that covers the team they cannot help but mention him and mclaurin that, that and, and look, look think about how young those guys are and how I mean, we talk about how fast forward they are. I know Travis, you're shaking your head because hey, we're going to go to college. Rockhold, calm down, go right? Oh, <laughs> I didn't even say anything, Steve. You brought me no, into you're this. You're cheesing. You've been cheesing for four days. Okay, but I, I'm staying quiet. You brought me you into can't this. Can't stop is on smiling. You. Look at him, Scott. This is can't on you. Stop smiling. I owe Scott. Hey, I don't blame him. I mean, like after they spanked Clemson the way they did, uh, and and you're talking all this McLaurin and Chase Young. I I, I want to know this, Steve, as a guy that's been out there between the lines in the arena. <laughs> I said this the other night when Young was chasing Hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced, even on a grass field, I'm convinced you can hear him running behind you, like a hippopotamus or something. Uh, I would I would say no. Because you he know he's bas- there. He was a basketball player and he's got light feet and he's light on his feet. I'm but not hell yeah. Oh, no, he's there. He is he's <laughs> as advertised. My God. Like after Sudfeld fumbled and he got his hands on it, I'm screaming score because that offense was never gonna score. So yeah. Hey, can, we, can I ask you one thing? Uh with Rockhold cheesing and just to squeeze in an Ohio State question. Ohio State, Alabama, playoff final next Monday, sports center to follow. How much of what Ohio State did in that was them figuring out what Venables figured out and they just beat him at his own game? The Clemson, the Clemson defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, they, they, it's, it's a fascinating conversation, whether it was Feldman or Thamel or I, I can't remember if it was SR, the athletic, wherever it was. At 40. 40 also. They, yep. they, oh yeah, okay, thank you. Good. I want to make sure I credit the right people. Like the conversations about Clemson's ability to steal your signs and in, it's all gamesmanship. Everyone's trying to do it, but they're the best at it. It's obvious that Ohio State went into it knowing because Ryan Day said, eh, you know, they seem to always have a good idea what you're going to do. And not sure how they do it, but they do. Seems like they figured out what Clemson figured out and they pantsed them. They scored five straight touchdowns, mm-hmm. five straight. And it's like Clemson was out of position all night long. Is yeah, there, is, there uh, something, is there something to that, I guess, is what I'm asking you? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, especially playing against them last year. People don't want to keep – I mean, they don't want to believe that stuff. But the idea that Ohio – and I understand we just talked about Chase Young was one of the guys that wasn't there. But the idea that Clemson and Ohio State lined up last year, and we know what happened. And they had the score in the weight room the whole year. And there was – if you really read into it – I forgot who had it, but – there's a, there's a former UConn quarterback who was a grad assistant at Ohio State. He left 
Wedgie like Levinson. Yeah, to be a quarterback. So that all the way got Ohio State's antennas up. And how do you do that? You huddle. You don't signal in, and that's how you beat it. And I think what's really uh, was really smart was when you look at the situations they went and when they huddled and when they didn't. Like I think it was whatever the first uh, run for um, for uh, sermon. Eight. For Sermon, he he didn't get touched. It's like a thirty-five yard run. He doesn't get a finger on him, um, and that's and that's you, know, you just look right there. Like you could have ran through that that hole and, yeah. and scored. I know you're not tip top fast right now, but watch foot, that calf. Foot, but foot, we're all right. Foot, foot speed is declining. Athleticism is set in. Um, but I I do think you know you you mentioned Venables. I think the idea and, and everybody's talking about Trey Sermon. He's been awesome. But you got to think about the the offensive line for Ohio State. They haven't played together. Yeah, guys, like that Michigan State game, Fields doesn't know where a snap is coming every single play. You know how hard that's like you and Charlie in the backyard snapping the ball every time. You don't know where it's going, and you got to and you got to lead an offense like that. That was one of the most impressive efforts this year of what Fields did. I was well, he was incredible no. because I felt like after that Northwestern game. Mm. That you're a lot of people, a lot of whispers out there, a lot of chatter about like an opportunity for him on a big stage to show what he was. And Mm -hmm. man, did he have answers? Their O line was great. Clemson's O line was under duress all night. That Ohio State front, I gave Day a chance to answer that when he was on with Sports Center because look, it's easy to talk Day and, and Sermon, but I thought what Ohio State's D line did, living in the backfield, punishing. Lawrence. Most underrated assistant coach in the country, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Man, he's a legend. Le- and he's he's a legend. And he's mm-hmm. look, he's got a bunch of war daddies in the league, man. A bunch yeah. of them. And they 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 hassled uh, Lawrence all night oh. long. And so that was a big, big part of uh, of how and why Ohio State won that game. But again, it just goes back to a really rare chip that they had to play. Yes. Uh that they were seen as underdogs. And I didn't mind what Dabo said and did because you cannot, you can dislike Dabo and a lot of people don't. It's fine. But here's the thing, Steve. He said it knowing that they got 60 minutes to, to stick it to him. And they did. Okay. They got got, but he said it beforehand. So, I mean, if you want to talk and he, he didn't view it that way. He said, here's why I ranked them there. And he did say they could beat us. He said, Hey, they could beat us. But he ranked him where he ranked him, and he didn't back off it. And then they got worked. So I didn't mind him saying it because he knew, like, if you, if I know you and me are going to fight, and I talk junk about you, I know you get a chance to knock my block off. And they got their block knocked off. You're laughing. What? I just the Ohio State fan base. Like, you could have tried to explain Davo what he did for the rest of your life. They will not even begin to comprehend it. They don't care. They got what they wanted. Oh, for and sure. I just can't imagine, like. How many people in Ohio the the Browns are playing Sunday night in Ohio State's at a national championship Monday night? How drunk are people? Six yes. day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, yeah, I, lo- I loved when Ryan Day told you on after the game about I hope the people back in Ohio are enjoying this. And you guys just you guys just laughed. Well, I said you know those people. They're not they're, reasonable. Oh. They're not. They're unreasonable with their levels of passion. Of course, they're hammered. And now you got a Browns playoff game. Good for yeah. them. Oh, H. Speaking of playoffs, you're going to yeah. miss fantasy. What happened? You're going to miss fantasy. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I like. So I got it. an idea. I like it. Well, you uh, what? You're going to fill out a. You're going to fill out a DraftKings roster right now. Ready? Okay. Who do you want your quarterback to be? Josh Allen. Okay. Wait, I don't know how much I'm just. I got the cap right in front of me. Okay. Uh, running backs. Josh Allen was seventy five hundred. By the way, you got fifty grand. Um. How much does Montgomery cost? Ooh, sixty nine hundred. Nice. See, because although running against the Saints is not going to be pretty. How much does Taylor cost? Uh, seventy nine hundred. Be- DraftKings. Shout out DraftKings. I understand that, but I'm just I, that I just I don't want to go through a whole like this. I, this could be like Francesa reading like the no, it's schedule, not. like 162. Get, that's a loss. It's a win. Sweep. Oh, I got it. Go ahead. Come on. 
Give me Taylor. Okay. Need another one. Uh, Montgomery. Oh, you're pricey. Well, see, that's uh, why I, I don't, I don't, I haven't done this. It's all right. Relax. Why receivers? Digs. Like, what's my cap? <laughs> what number, do I have? I have no money left. You have 27,000. You still have to get three receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. Okay, well, see, then this isn't going to work. All right. So, all right, we'll go back. We'll cancel. Who do we want? Walford. <laughs> <laughs> Start with Walford. <laughs> He's probably not a lot of money, right? Uh, I think Taysom Hill is more expensive than him. Well, I mean, I there he is, forty nine hundred. Okay, I Walford. need some. I need some money for yeah. for everything else. I can't. Right. Uh, I can't get flashy. Do you What's have Walford. In? What's the strategy when it comes to this? Where do you want to spend most of your money on receivers and, and running backs? It's just like fancy, yeah. You want you want the best. I mean, obviously, the highest price guys are in the best matchup scenarios. But I think there's a little value down at the bottom. Well, then you tell me your roster. No, I want yours. You're the champ. You won your league, too. See, this is the thing. Stanford Steve is a sneaky, sneaky gripper. That's kind of a a TV term, gripping, when you're stressed and you're freaking out and, like, whatever. He grips real hard over his matchups, and they won a title, too, because he cares more than he acts like he does. I got Montgomery, Taylor, Diggs. Give me a... Give me David Moore, Ooh. sneaky, sneaky touchdown grabber. That's just a flyer, right? Because if he scores, that helps me. Wow, yeah, I'm trying to even find him. Commit. Oh, here we go. David Moore, 3,000. That's a nice value. Uh, you still need another receiver. Um, who? Hollywood Brown. Oh. Nice. The Titans, the Titans defense stinks and Hollywood's been hot. <laughs> uh, all right. Now you need flex. Uh, that's a loss. Uh, road trip. Like, this is terrible content, Steve. No one's listening. Travis to is going to edit it. Give me Godwin uh, Dobbins. I just spent I like $300,000. You, you have... can't spend that. No, you could. I still have money left. Yeah, you could get any you could get any defense you want, and you have money. Tampa Bay. You want Tampa? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I... You actually have nineteen hundred dollars to spare. Look at you. So, so is that you could right. probably hire uh, upgrade David Moore if you wanted. Okay, so I could get somebody better than David Moore. Yeah. All due respect. That was a you cool have... thing. They got him a reception there, and instead of taking awesome. a knee, and he got him a hundred thousand bucks because he took less money to stay. Can we upgrade we the on... quarterback position? Who do I have again? Oh, yeah, I got Walford. Walford. <laughs> yeah. All right. Respect to Walford. Who else? Hold on. You know what? I'll take Walford out. You have you have ninety eight hundred to spend on a quarterback and a receiver. Okay. How much was how much was Allen again? Josh Allen's seventy five hundred. So, so I'd have a hard time getting a receiver. Yep. You wouldn't be able to get there. Right. How much? How much is Tannehill? Tannehill's cheaper, sixty six hundred. You want Tanny? Yep, give me him. All right, and then you have thirty two hundred for a receiver, which takes you. I'll give you a guy that's thirty two hundred. Give me some options. Uh, Peoples Jones, Vance Jefferson, Callaway, Roberts. Um, I need to go back to Walford and more. Yeah, I think I think you need to go back to Wal because Wal. You know, you could get Walford, and then you could get Emmanuel Sanders. I think. This whole thing needs to be edited out. He's gonna just take this whole thing out. Don't no put, way. don't make the people. No one's listening to this. Yes, they are. I just want it to end. He's gonna. I, edit I, it. I, I don't have this open in front of me. If I knew I had a, if I knew I had homework, I would have come in with a with a roster. I can't see the numbers. It's better this way. This is like, listen. The reason I'm good at fantasy is because I study. I can't just get pop quizzes sprung on me like it's time for me to pick a roster. Corey Davis or John Brown. John Brown. Okay. Now we know where Charlie gets his uh, unwillingness to go to class. Well, All right, yeah, you're I mean, in. My, my grade point average was not very good. To recap, Walford, Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, John Brown, Hollywood Brown, Chris Godwin, Cole Komet, J.K. Dobbins, Buccaneers. Sounds like a huge lineup to me. Good job. Well, all right. So we're, are, we, are you going to enter that? Yeah, we're going to enter it. In Calf's pool. Okay. Do it like. See, I, all right. I, 
Can I do? Can I have another quarterback besides Walford? Yes. All right, I'm gonna need to. Let's. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm not gonna make anybody sit through this, okay? Because no one's interested. But he um, <laughs> what? He's probably not even gonna start. Like I know that's they're gonna get they're gonna get golf out there with like two popsicle sticks uh, taped to his thumb. You ever play with a broken thumb? Uh no, but plenty of uh, sprains. It's the worst. It's so hard. It, it can't go away. It will. It does not go away. And, and, you, and you could ding it on the littlest things, like on a desk or, you know, grabbing a fork in a drawer. Like it's brutal. Thumbs and toes. You don't realize how often mm. you knock them into stuff until they're until they're messed up, and then you realize everything you walk by, you, you hit, you hurt. <laughs> okay. This. I feel like this. I feel like we ran out of gas here, and this is a, this. We. I was really. No way. I thought it was awesome. Okay, until you until I took Walford as my quarterback in DraftKings. How about him? The guy asked him about winning the game. He's like, I can't compare. I've never won a game. Yeah, he's never, never won, won a game until week 17 to get his team into the playoffs. You got to win this one this weekend, Wally, baby. Yeah. I got you. Come on. Make it rain. Um, um, does Kansas City go to the Super Bowl? It feels like the hot take Scotty thing would be to say yes. Is this Scott on the spot? I, I don't know. I, I it's the hot take thing would be to say no. I just think they will because I until they don't figure out a way to win, I just assume they will. Do you think they will? No. Who beats in Buffalo or Baltimore? Baltimore can't beat them. Yeah, I I, I think it's I think it's got to be. Uh, I'd like to see Tennessee get another crack at them. They Watch might. out for Tennessee. All right. I think if uh, Seattle wins this week, they go to the Super Bowl. Healthy Jamal Adams. Need him. Okay. So there's a a couple on the way out. uh, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to me pick a blind pick a roster where I have no idea what money it is. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Hopefully Travis Take took that out. If you got all the way to the end of this, Steve will Venmo you a dollar. Reach out to him for the – no, here's, here's what you do. If if you leave a review, leave your – he'll Venmo you a dollar. Leave a review with a Venmo for Tell us how much you liked – the fantasy draft. And then Steve will send you a dollar on Venmo. All right. Everybody be good, and we'll see you guys next week. It's SV Pod.